Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. The Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. As it is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that no one may eat of it and not so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the gospel of our Lord. The idea with that song is to, if you if you saw a movie, that you might try to remember what the movie is. If you didn't see the movie, then you just notice a beautiful melody, and um, maybe it would touch a heart. Once you think of a time when you prepared a gift, children have even done this, so even the young ones in this room can think of a time that you're at school, you're at church, and they have you ask you to make a craft, or to write a letter, or to do something. And that you work on this project for a while so that you can present it to your parents and you could just say to them and show them with some gift how much they mean to you. Well, and all of us have done that, I think. We all work. We all pour ourselves into something, some tangible something, that at some point 
we can present. And as we present this gift, it's just not about money. It's about ourselves. It's about our heart. It's about us being grateful and thankful and appreciative of somebody. And we're giving them our very best gift. Our very best gift. So think about a time when you've done that. What was the gift? Who received it? And what was it like on their side? Were they grateful? Did they recognize what you had poured into that gift? Did they receive it and such? Or did they just kind of take it as another table decoration that collects dust and move on? Or another item that they can just use and consume and be discarded with in some year to come? How did they receive it? How did you give it? How did they receive it? Well, again, that song that we listened to, and once we got past the popping, the cracking explosion that it started with, we'll get better with this in time. Um, again, it's from a movie, The River Runs Through It. And if you've not seen the movie, I recommend it. I can't say it's, the, it's like a Christian-themed movie. And there's, there's, there's just some profound, deep thoughts in that, in that movie. And it's based on, in Montana, a river that goes through this area. There's a Presbyterian pastor raising two sons, radically different sons, both beautiful, both blessed of God. His wife, his family, his community in church, they have their same spot in the chew for seat for all these years. He watches them grow up in the cycle of life. They get married, they have children, so on and so forth. But at some point in there, one of the sons, um, very, I mean, he, he just glows with life, but he makes a bunch of foolish decisions. He can, he's been doing that for a period of time. And one of those foolish decisions gets big enough and strong enough that eventually he pays with his life. They take his life because of his foolishness. And at the end of that movie, you'll see this pastor now, this Presbyterian pastor, standing in front of a congregation. And he's like summarizing life in many ways. And this life of giving and taking as a father, but as a Christian, it touches on a lot of themes. But some of the, the themes that were become out or the things or the words I want to share with you next. And um, think about a profound, simple truth that's being shared in the context that this is a man speaking the words at his son's funeral while his family sits here surrounded by their community. And they all know the life of his son and the other son. This is what he says. He says, each one of us here today will at one time in our life look upon a loved one who is in need and we will ask the same question. We are willing to help, Lord, but what if anything is needed? For it is true that we can seldom help those closest to us. Either we do not know what part of ourselves to give or more often than not, the part we have to give is not wanted. And so it is with those we live with and should know who elude us. But we can still love them. We can love them completely without complete understanding. Jesus is at the Sea of Galilee 
He's been there for a while. He's gone from one side of the sea to the other. He's healed on both sides. There's been a storm crossing over when they went to the Gentile side. And they're coming back. There's storms after he's fed. The, he's fed 5,000. We mentioned that in the announcement time. But where he's at in the context of this sea event in this chapter 6 of John, he's fed, say, 15, 20,000 people. Epic feeding from stuff that did not exist, from fish that were not caught, from bread that was not grown from the seed and baked. I mean, God provided miraculously here this feeding of these 15, 20,000 people. And um, I can almost imagine as he's looking out now in today's lesson, closest to him are his 12 disciples and some of those have been following him for a while. And then around them are hundreds and thousands of other people that have found him again. And they've come back. And he recognizes something in them, again, that they're interested in the temporary things. They want food for their bellies because they're hungry. They're wanting healing for bodies, knowing that those bodies will eventually go back to the dust. They're concerned and consumed with the vanity of things of this world. They're not thinking far-sighted; They're thinking short-sighted. And he's looking out at all this. And I can almost imagine him saying words that this pastor was inspired to say to his son's funeral. He could almost say, Lord, I am willing to help. But what, if anything, can be, is needed, can be shared? He has done all he can do. He's fed them. He healed them by the hundreds. He has taught them the truth day in and day out from morning till end until they're so exhausted they can't think anymore. And he says, go and rest. This is what he's been doing. And now in this moment, he's realizing what's why they're there and why they're, what they're looking for again. Lord, I'm willing to help, but wow, what? The part that I have to give, Lord, are they going to want it? The gift that I have to give, will they want? And so he teaches. Today, there's not a lot of things in there being mentioned about another feeding. There's no mentions that he's healing people. He's given them something that's more profound than that. He's given them a truth lesson. He's teaching who he is. He's teaching about what he came to do. He's teaching about who the Father is and who he is because he's one with the Father. He's given them a view of, of life that goes into the eternity. He's given them a view of life that is a complete life here and now, not just something that goes upon the, the whims of the moment, the entertainment of the moment, the, the hungers of the moment. Lord, if I give them these things, are they going to want them? And what we find out in the Bible lesson is there's an epic fail. He has poured himself out. He has shown them who he is. He's done all these miracles in this chapter 6 that we've been re- looking at for the last couple weeks. And now on this day, he's, he's telling them the truth. He's saying, I am the bread of life. I am the one who's doing the Father's will. The Father wants to prepare and do all this stuff for you. He wants to prepare a place for you. This for all eternity. This is a gift of life now and for all eternity. He's doing this time. He's just pouring it out there. 
And they, they have the chance to say, wow, this is more than my belly. Wow, this is more than my broken arm or my cancer. or What else is going on? My, my job and my employment. This isn't just about life now. This is about life for all eternity, Father. You can give me heaven now and I can trust you and have a relationship with you and I can know that you love me now. That's heaven and I can forgive people. Now I'm participating in heaven. And in addition to that, I can have this joy for all of eternity. That's what he provided. And their response... They complained. They grumbled. Fourteen hundred and forty years before, in the wildernesses, um, God provided manna. He provided quail. He provided water. All of that came after him providing freedom. And, and when they left Egypt, they, the Egyptians pulled on all their gold and their silver and they sent them away with their prized possessions. They said, go. God, God did all this for them. And what was their reply? Numbers, that was in Exodus 16, Numbers chapter 11. When the people had received these gifts, they complained And they complained in the hearing of the Lord. And the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled. Numbers chapter chapter 14. And and the Lord says this, None of the people who have seen my glory and the signs I did indeed in Egypt and in the wilderness, and yet have tested me these ten times, and have not obeyed my voice, not one shall see the land I swore to give them and their, their ancestors. None of those who despised me shall see it. That's what happened in the Old Testament. When God provided and God poured out His very best gifts for them, they grumbled. They complained. And they were not obedient. They were not participating in His presence. He was amidst, amongst them in, the, in their life and providing this, and they, they, they rejected it. And so they met a curse. They would never step foot into their promised land. Now I want you to think about today's lesson. We're set up for the same thing. God the Father has sent His Son his son humbled himself from being in the glories of heaven in the throne place of, the, of, the, of his father. He is wearing flesh. He is wearing rags. He's not striving to be rich and king of the world. He's striving to be the king for his father on earth in a new way. And so he's the son down here. He's pouring himself out. He's loving the people that don't say thankful. He's healing the people that won't even return and give thank you. He's been feeding them and healing them and doing this for all these chapters. And and with the hopes that maybe, just maybe, if he does it again, that they'll have a different response. And then even now, he's telling them who he is. He's the Son of God. He is the bread from heaven. He's He's all of that. And the people have grumbled and complained. And at this point, it's almost like we could almost just pause and hold our breath and say, what's going to happen next? Jesus has done all of this and they complained. In the Old Testament, when they did all this and they complained, they were kept out of the promised land. Is that what's going to happen to us? Is that what's going to happen in the New Testament when God pours everything out in Jesus, when they get to this point and they grumble and they complain, now what happens next? What happens next is beautiful. 
1,400 years after the time of the Exodus, Jesus says, I'm not going to recall my promise. He has the same context, the same echoes of history are happening now in the New Testament 1,400 years later. But on this day, after he's poured himself out, he's given him his very best gift. Instead of Jesus saying, I'm recalling my gift and I'm recalling my offer of eternal life and forgiveness and heaven now, instead of recalling it, he says it stands. In the movie, the last words the father spoke at his son's funeral were these. He said, And so it is with those we live with and should know who elude us. And he said, But we can still love them. And we can love them completely. That's what we get in today's gospel lesson. For complaining, selfish, grumbling, ungrateful, sinful batch of people who are just trying to milk Jesus for another miracle, personally satisfy themselves. We do not get the curse. We get the love. We get a proof that there's nothing that we could do or say or think that will ever be greater than the love of God being displayed in Christ Jesus that the curse is not bigger than the one who cures. And on that day, the promise was like stuck in the ground even deeper. Before the cross ever came, it was being established. They can respond with grumbling. I'm going to respond with love and forgiveness and yet another chance and another chance and another chance. On this day, we remember, as Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. I am, which is God, the bread of life with the communion, his life being poured out in his flesh that we consume in this covenant. Jesus is telling us that I was the good news from before creation. And and I am the good news here and now for each one of us here and now. And no matter what you say or do or think, I will be the good news for all who believe on your last day and into all eternity. So for us as a church, God help us believe the good news that Jesus and his love has overcome all sinfulness, that the the ugliness in the world is not greater than the love being displayed in the person of Jesus. And that we can participate in God's life now. That we can enjoy God's gifts from heaven now. We can have a glimpse of heaven now. We could try Jesus' way. We can try His truth and His life. We can follow that path that He has established for us now and for eternity. And in addition to all of that, we can help the others do the same. That we can love them. And we can pour out our very best gifts regardless of their response. And we can forgive them even if they do not apologize. And we can invite them one more time and one more time to come and see the love of God displayed in His Son, Jesus. God help us be that church.
Amen.